It's good to be with you here again. Um, now, I have a few things to give away. I don't know if you guys like merchandise at all, but um, I have a few trivia questions. The first one being, which college professor was my favorite grade 11 social studies teacher? Back then, we called him Mr. Enns. But yeah, Dr. Enns. Is Dr. Enns in the room? Oh, he's not in the room today. All right. Um, I, now, I've got, I've got a notebook. I've got some lanyards. I've got coffee mugs, and a water bottle, and a hat. Which one would you prefer? You want a mug? Orange or, orange or blue? Orange. All right. All right. Now, I don't know if you know this about Mr. Enns, but he can get intense at times. Um, I didn't realize how intense until I didn't take his class seriously, so. But anyways, that's another story. Um, anyone want to take a guess at what year Rock Solid Refuge had our very first students? Uh, back then, we called them campers because we were just a summer program. What year did we have our first students? 2012? Nope, before that. Before 2012. 1994. Nope, not quite that long ago. <laughs> I was out of high school for a little bit after that, but not a long time. 2001. No, after 2001? 2007? Yes, 2007. <laughs> awesome. Okay, lanyard, notebook, water bottle, hat, coffee mug. You want a mug? All right. Wow, the mugs are popular here. All right. Uh, now, it was already said where we are, which is Shaunavon, Saskatchewan area. We're just northeast of Shaunavon, Saskatchewan. Um, but there's some famous people from Shaunavon. Oh, there we go. The Hunter Brothers, yeah, that's right. Okay, water bottle, hat. All right, all right, there we go. Cool, all right. I'm, I'm running out of stuff here, but... Um, um, somebody tell me something interesting about this school. Just stand up and tell me, yeah, stand up and tell me something interesting about this school. It's over 100 years old. Absolutely. All right. Come and grab something here. Hat, lanyard, or notebook. That's what I got left. Notebook? All right. There you go. All right. Um, if you want to come and chat with me at my booth in the atrium, I will give you a lanyard there if you want. Um, but um, yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, this is kind of my old stomping grounds many years ago. Prairie High School used this room as their high school auditorium, so the high school behind here is where I went to high school. Dancing at Prairie, did I hear that right? Are, are, you, are you kidding me? Like, when this was the high school auditorium, there was an aisle down the middle with pews on either side, and uh, that was the girls' entrance there, therefore this was the girls' side the guy's entrance and the guy's side. It's like, look over, oh wow, can't sit next to them, I guess, here. Um, phys ed class was different guys and girls. 
that was weird to me. I, had, I came from a public school in Saskatchewan and never did phys ed class separate from the girls. Um, but I'm, I'll just be honest, uh, floor hockey was a little more intense, um, guys only. So that's just the reality. So um, just, just to give you just a really quick, like, who is Rock Solid Refuge? Because I really do believe it ties into um, what we want to talk about this morning about goodness, the fruit of the Spirit in goodness. So Rock Solid Refuge is a 12-month residential treatment program for teens with life-controlling issues. Those life-controlling issues are substance abuse, pornography, challenging behavior, suicidal ideation, depression, and self-harm. Those last three have just exploded over the last few years. And I'm sure you can um, imagine why or have seen some of those realities. And maybe even in this room, some of you have experienced some of those significant challenges as well. Um, we are bringing God's transforming love to adolescents with life-controlling issues that they may know freedom, restoration, and hope. Um, we, we're, we're just amazed to see what God will do in some young people's lives who are really struggling. Um, we also have the privilege, at the same time, working with the parents and the families. And so we just have that privilege to, to bring God's goodness. As far as we know, at this point, we're the only program like it in all of Canada. Um, a lot of people are familiar with Teen Challenge. People heard of Teen Challenge? Great organization. In Canada, they work with 18 and older. Um, and so we're kind of the teen uh, program that's similar to Teen Challenge. We have students that come to us from all across Canada. And we had a couple of guys finish up with us recently from Ontario. Another guy finished up with us recently from, from BC. Currently, right now, all of our students are actually from Alberta. So that's interesting. We don't plan it that way. It just so happens to be the case, even though we're in southwest Saskatchewan. Now, when I think, when I think about goodness, um, sometimes we're helped to understand what something means by understanding what it is not, right? So I think we can clearly understand when something's not good a lot of the times, hopefully. I think it's getting a little confusing in our time, but uh, I, I like some interaction as you can see, so throw it out to me. What are some things that are like, ah, it's just not good? It, um, just, it doesn't matter, whatever. What's, what's something that's not good? Pardon me? Finals. Finals. Finals are not good? Oh, okay. All right. Professors, you heard it. It's not working for them. Not working for them. All right. Anyone else? What's that? Not studying. Ah, there you go. There's a professor. He's got a rebuttal to that. Not studying. That is not good. I, I did find that out. Um, Definitely in Mr. Enz's class, uh, Dr. Enz's class. Uh, what other things, like as we just kind of go through the normal warp and woof of life, uh, what other things are not good? Dating? Dating? Oh, aging. Aging? Oh, hating, yeah. Absolutely, hating. Right, so the opposite of... One of the fruits of the Spirit is love. The opposite would be hate. So we could even go into that, right? Where it's like hating, like, but we experience it in some really specific ways, okay? So what are some ways that we would experience hating? Somebody hates you, so what's, what's it look like? Sorry? Bullying. Bullying. They're just mean, right? Looking for an opportunity to just show how they're over you, right? 
And, and I mean, we could go on and on, but when we think about what is, what is good, we want to properly understand what God has called us to in this reality. So for us at Rock Solid Refuge, I want to show you just a, is this a symbol that we have in, in, our, um, in, our, in some of our manuals that just gives us an overview of what we're about, what we're trying to really do. So when we look at a young person that comes, so 13 to 18 year olds that we work with, a young person that comes, the center there, that's really our target. That's our goal. Maturity, responsibility, and charity. We think about that. The students that come to us, like there's no confusion. They're not mature. They're not responsible. And they really don't care much about other people, right? So that would be, like if you looked at that as a target and go, oh, that'd be actually pretty good, right? And think about that as you walk through day-to-day life. If you're around somebody that's mature, kind of nice to be around them, right? You go to work maybe somewhere, and the person next to you is pretty irresponsible, don't show up on time, cutting corners, etc., etc. Not super fun to be co-worker with that individual, right? So maturity and responsibility make a lot of sense when it comes to what is the good that we, that we have to offer. Um, and maturity and responsibility, in a lot of senses, have a lot to do with self-governance, right? That we understand our personal responsibility. We understand that we have a role to play and, and, and we're responsible for how that plays out, right? And then charity, um, it's kind of an old English word, but it really just, for us, it just means that our lives actually leave a wake of blessing, right? So the reality for us at Rock Solid Refuge, the young people that we work with, their lives are currently leaving a wake of destruction. It's not a secret. They know it. It's just the way it is. Like, like every relationship, basically, except for some of their peer relationships, but even some of them, most of their relationships are just simply at war. It's just this constantly. How many of us really like to go through life? It's like, I wonder who I could battle today. Just like, that's kind of what it's like at rock solid some days. Boys wake up. It's like, Today's a good day to die. I'll die on any hill. Just give me a hill. Doesn't matter which one. I'll battle it out. So I'm sitting having lunch with one of our guys the other day. And uh, he's fairly new in the program. And so obviously if a young person comes to Rock Solid, it's not a secret as to there's been some significant challenges. So I'm like, have you always been a difficult child? (laughs) Now, in this setting, that sounds kind of insulting, right? But it's just, it's just a reality, right? He knows it. It's not a secret. Like it took his parents three times to even just get him in the car to come to Rock Solid Refuge. He ran away the other two times. And, and so he like kind of chuckles and he knows where I'm going with it. And he's like, I'm like, no, like, like think about it. When you were five years old, were you difficult? Like were you, were you always a challenge to your parents? He's like, Yep, absolutely. I was the five-year-old laying on the grocery store floor throwing a temper tantrum. That was me. Like, just, my life has been a battle. That's what I do. That's, that's all I've known. And, and so, I'm like, like, isn't that get tiring? Like, aren't you tired of all your relationships being at war? And so when we think about this, we think about 
What has God called us to? Maturity, responsibility, and charity, that those are our targets. And that the way in which we live that out so that our lives become a blessing is through respect, obedience, and honesty. Every rule that we have at Rock Solid Refuge has something to do with one of those things because they're the most basic character qualities that really create a wake of blessing around us. That our lives would have goodness, the goodness of God flowing through them. And we understand that we do this through, so as, as we're staff, we do this through relational influence, role modeling, and authority. And we recognize that those things are gifts from God that God himself actually does in our lives, right? Who created the universe? God did. Jesus did, right? Who owns it? He does. Who gets to set the rules? He does. Is it bad for us that God sets the rules? No, it's his goodness. It is actually his goodness. So often we look at that word authority and we, we think, ooh, power, corrupt power. And, and we think, ah, it's just bad. No, God has demonstrated his goodness in all of these things. His authority, his relational influence. What did Jesus say to his disciples? I no longer call you servants, but friends. And Jesus role modeled for us what it means to be good. So for Rock Solid Refuge, we do this all through a biblical worldview. Law and gospel, grace and truth is how we understand that. So two big questions that I want us to wrestle with and come to understand this morning are this. And this is, this is directly out of Galatians chapter five. I want you to think very carefully about this. Are you free to do and to be good? Because Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Are you free to do good? Or are you in bondage, the kind of bondage that keeps you from doing what God created you to do? Are you free to do and to be good? Secondly, and this is out of the context of Galatians 5 as well, is being good a natural overflow of, of the life of Christ in you? Is being good a natural overflow of the life of Christ in you? The alternative is, you get up in the morning, you go, all right, the speaker in chapel said we've got to do some good things, so... All right, I've got to make a list. I know, I know basically what my day is going to look like, and all right, here's my list of good things. So, all right, by the end of the day, I better check them all off. Is that the way in which you go about doing good? Or is it a natural overflow of the life of Christ in you? Because the ripple effect of this life just goes out and out and out. And a wake of blessing comes from our lives. So, Luke chapter 18, Jesus has a conversation with someone identified as the rich ruler. And in this conversation, it says this. A ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good no one is good except God alone. Huh. So right in that statement, 
Jesus gives us an indication of where goodness is actually rooted, ultimately, right? So when the Apostle Paul, in the fruits of the Spirit, uses the word goodness, he's not, he's not just giving a random word that, hey, it's nice if you do nice things. We're to connect the dots. And the dots connect back to Jesus, back to God himself. Jesus states that no one is good but God. Then he goes on. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. So Jesus plays along a little bit, saying to the rich ruler some things that he wants to hear. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. I doubt it. But anyways, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt for the moment. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have, distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. You see, because goodness is not just rooted in, in a detailed sense, obeying the letter of the law, but it's rooted in Jesus Christ being your treasure, actually. That's where it can flow from. If Christ is not your treasure, I would challenge you that the, the effort to do good is going to be a lot more challenging. Where else do we see this goodness pointed to? Genesis chapter 1. This is actually really important. Anytime that we can point back to Genesis, and especially the first two or three chapters in Genesis, it really lays the foundation for all that we are to understand. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let the, that separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters, and that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and he called, and the waters that had gathered together, he called seas, and God saw that it was? It was good. It goes on and on. And then, at the end of it, said, says, and then God says, said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with the seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath, of life, 
I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. Thank you. It was very good. What God does is good. It's very good. All good has its origin in God and in his created order. Because God is good. If we look at Ephesians chapter 2, because the reality is that in Genesis chapter 3, we come to understand that man did something that was not good. Right? What God did was good. Everything he created was good. All of creation was ordered perfectly. Nothing out of order. And then Adam and Eve did good for a bit. How long? I don't know. I always wonder that. You ever wonder? Like, how long did Adam and Eve live on this planet before sinning? I don't know. They didn't have any kids yet, so I don't know. Didn't seem like it was a super long time, but they had a perfect paradise. Everything was good. They were very good. And then they sinned. They rebelled against God. They put themselves in the place of God. So Ephesians chapter 2 helps us to see what God has done to deal with that reality. Most of us in this room, I assume, are very familiar with this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. In Romans, Paul talks about how we're either under Adam or we're under Christ. Um, and so, are we living out of Adam and his sin? Or are we living out of Christ and his righteousness? But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Back in 2008, I took a sabbatical. I've been working at a church for about seven years. And, um, and my wife and I had been involved with youth ministry for, for years already at that time. And um, it, was, it was quite an interesting experience because this passage became a cornerstone for some bit of a revolution for me. As much as I, I knew I loved Jesus and I, I was committed to him, um, this reality that by grace are you saved had kind of become old hat in a sense. It's kind of like, okay, that's that. Now I'm going, I want to challenge you here this morning that the life of Christ in you is rooted in the reality that he has saved us from our sins when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And as Paul goes on and says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, So your works, your good works, in Isaiah it says, are as filthy rags. 
It's not a result of your works, your salvation, so that no one can boast. But then verse 10 goes on to say what our works are for. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We have been recreated in Christ for good works. This is what God has in mind for us. I wouldn't have been the favorite student in high school, I can promise you that. I would have been not the one chosen or thought of to do the things that I'm doing today, I can promise you that. When I think about the trajectory of my life and the things I was doing and involved in back then, even as a Prairie High School student, and had my life continued in that trajectory, I would not have been one to leave a wake of blessing. I would have left a wake of cursing and destruction. When God comes and his goodness takes root in our hearts because he has redeemed us, it actually changes something. It changes the way in which we live, the way in which we engage this world. It changes what we do. So instead of being a part of this the segment of society that's using and abusing substances, which I did do in high school, I now have the privilege of rescuing young people that are in that trajectory. One young man that graduated from our program a year ago was a meth addict. In his 12 months with us, numerous of his friends died, including his girlfriend. The heartbreak to tell this young person, this 18-year-old, your girlfriend died. His parents showed up and, and were in the room there. Like, what do you do? What do you say? She had been in a program. She was getting clean. She had a pass. She went and used and she died. Other friends died while he was in the program. And he knew if I was at home, I would have been in that vehicle. I'm so thankful that God has given me the privilege to walk alongside, for now, just young men. Lord willing, we'll work with young ladies at some point too. And, and be a part of bringing goodness into their lives. Galatians chapter 6 um, gives us a little more, I think, details of what it looks like to live out goodness. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Do we see the needs of those around us and walk alongside them in that? And bearing one another's burdens isn't just, let me hold that for you. No, it's actually moving it somewhere. Okay, It's the way we understand what the work that we do. We need to help that burden get somewhere. For the one who sows, verse 8 of chapter 6 of Galatians, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from his own flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. In verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. 
And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. It is hard work that we do. Our staff are tired. I can tell you that. If you come work for us, I hope some of you do. Um, You'll be tired. But what are you going to use your energy for? That God-given breath that he has given you. Will you look at the things that you've been able to collect of this world at the end of your life? Or will you have the privilege to recognize that the energy God gave you, the breath he gave in your lungs, you used for good, for his kingdom? Are you free to be good? Or are you bound by the entrapments of sin, the draw of the pleasures of this world? Does your goodness come as an overflow of the life of Christ by the Holy Spirit living in you and through you? Are you in fellowship with Jesus every day? I would challenge you to read carefully the context of Galatians chapter 5, not just the fruits of the Spirit, because the way in which we do this is by walking by the Spirit. It's a day-by-day, minute-by-minute relationship with Christ. I'm going to close reading a poem. Really, it's a chapter in a book that I've been reading during my time with God each morning. And this happens to be the chapter that was this morning. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, Psalm 27, 13. I consider the brokenness of the world and I think, why bother? I look at the corruption all around me and I cry, why bother? I wonder at my inability to live with my neighbor and I ask, Why bother? I face my war with sin inside and out, and I ponder, why bother? I look at the problems of the culture around me, and I lament, why bother? I scan my world, broken by disease and misuse, and in sadness say, why bother? I consider the statistics of violence and abuse, and I think, why bother? I am assaulted with the reality of endless wars between nations and overwhelmed, and say, why bother? I am defeated by temptation's power and cry, why bother? I ponder how good is called bad and bad good and in frustration say, why bother? I search for hope like a, parish, like a parched man for water, but end up thinking, why bother? I look to myself and see weakness and want and in grief say, why bother? Perhaps I should live for leisure and comfort and give into, into why bother? Maybe I should exist for the here and now and forgetting forever say, why bother? I am tempted to live for power and control and forever and for greater things say, why bother? Perhaps personal pleasure in the here and now is, what's, is what it's all about, why bother? But in exhaustion, I look up and not around. And I say, why bother? Why bother? Because you are good. And you are. You bo- why bother? Because you dispense goodness and grace. Why bother? Because you bring life out of death. Why bother? Because you have a plan and it will be done. Why bother? Because I have been welcomed into your kingdom of life. Why bother? Because I am always with you. It is true that my eyes don't always see and my heart isn't always confident. It is true that darkness overwhelms me and fear leaves me weak. But you come near me. You remind me once again that I can be confident because you are unwilling to say, why bother? Let's pray. God, thank you for this place. God, I pray that your spirit would move here, that our lives 
would reflect your goodness because we have come by faith to Christ. So I pray for this student body. I pray for this school. I pray that you would move from this place and that you would take them places to share your goodness and your gospel through, through the ends of the world. In your name we pray, amen.